everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And you're listening to It Takes Two, the podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. And in this very special episode, aimed at the younger audience that we know is what is listening to us now, we watched We're Back, A Dinosaur Story, and the classic Jurassic Park. Yeah. So these are two movies produced by Steven Spielberg in 1993 that are adaptations of books about dinosaurs being brought back in the 20th century to entertain people. Uh, And ultimately the hero of both is a couple of kids and a T-Rex. Yeah. So classic twin films. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's interesting because as we've gone through this sort of moving away from practical effects into CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of movies that came out later than Jurassic Park uh, are very dated looking now. Mm. But it was that perfect mixture of practical effects where people were making puppets and animatronics uh, for the dinosaurs versus the newer Jurassic World series where everything is CGI. The characters are just running around on green screens acting silly and it's very sad for me watching these new movies, even like Jurassic World, the, the first of the sequel series, looks dated. Mm. But you go back and you watch a movie from 1993. And it looks great. And it looks fantastic. And the other thing is that if you have a movie where all of your dinosaurs are put in afterwards in post-production, you don't get the terror of your crew all being scared because the animatronic dinosaur starts moving of its own accord. And they think for a second, even though they built it and they (laughs) operated, they think for a second, that's a real dinosaur. Um, Because it got rain in it. Yeah. And it moved. I think there's a history going through most of Spielberg's movies Mm -hmm. where his animatronics do not behave as intended. And also of, you know, people kind of to some extent, even though they know what it is, or in some, I guess in the case of E.T., not necessarily, um, f- feeling the presence of those things and, yeah. and feeling that it's real. Because obviously we talked about it in E.T. with, with Drew Barrymore taught, thought that that was a real <laughs> alien that she was acting with, which is cute. Yeah. And in this, they had, you know, the, they had real dinosaur puppets they had real dinosaur animatronics and they yeah. had real dinosaur um well men men in suits for some of the velociraptor scenes yeah um and then you know coupled with with visual effects um done through computers and i think that's one of the big takeaways we look back at now with like a fondness of memories even though they weren't great <laughs> is the 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 characters would even if they weren't the human characters, they you could bond, you could have an idea of the character yeah. based on the fact that it's real, real yeah. rather than CGI real. And it goes back to the movies I watched in my childhood, which I tried to get you to watch the other day, um, Short Circuit with Johnny Five. <laughs> Johnny Five was like a little robot dude. He was he was just a little guy. I think I mean I think it's an interesting point in uh, you know that we should discuss in this episode because this is aimed at children or you know incorp you know we want it to be child friendly and for children to be able to listen to this. Um, that 
they f- like because there is a real presence there they feel more real yeah like i don't think watching things where it's computer generated would have scared me as much as Jurassic Park as a child. Yeah. <laughs> Jurassic Park is scary. So is We're Back. I w- these movies both came out when I was two years old. Yeah. And I remember watching them as a child, both of them, multiple times. I- watching them as an adult, I'm like, these are so scary. What was I doing watching these <laughs> as a small child? They're terrifying. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's interesting you say that because I believe I saw Jurassic Park at the movies. Right. So I would have been like seven, mm. but the movie was PG, so I guess I got to see it. I'm not yeah. like I have a memory that I saw Jurassic Park in the cinema, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that's real anymore because of just how age works. No, I mean, you could have if it's PG. It just yeah. means you they would have had to trust your parents' decision on whether to, yeah. whether to bring you in or not. It's it's up to parental guidance. There are movies, you know. There's um I haven't read the Jurassic Park book. But I know from reading about it that there's a lot of stuff cut out of the Jurassic Park book yeah. to make it the movie more child friendly yeah. because they wanted children to be able to watch it. It's it's interesting you bring up Michael Crichton, the writer of Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. um, and also The Lost World, but it's not the same as the Lost World sequel of yeah. Jurassic Park. Um, he may to me to me, he may be one of the most influential American writers. Oh, 100%. Because of the other movies that we probably won't be able to cover because there's not a lot of uh, movies that are the same. Mm-hmm. Sphere, which I did see at the movie theatre. I did see that. Um, that. That's a fantastic movie and I absolutely love it. Um, not recommended for kids, obviously. <laughs> um, he helped write Westworld, yep. which sort of went away and then came back with a vengeance a few years ago. Um, it's interesting because I have heard a theory that the Westworld universe and the Jurassic Park universe share the same universe, right. um, which makes... Some of the decisions and reactions that happen in Jurassic World seem a lot more uh, non-threatening and also sort of make a lot of sense if you think that Jurassic World takes place in the same universe where the theme park Westworld exists. Yeah. Because some of the characters and the way they're treated and the way they just go on, it just seems like it's all part of the ride. Um, which is the main theme of Westworld, which mm-hmm. is you know it's it's a ride based in the well based in the old west. Um, John Hammond is supposed to be Walt Disney. Yeah, he's supp- he is he is the evilness of Walt Disney epitomized. <laughs> um, that was that was John uh, John Crichton uh, Michael Crichton's yeah um, whole idea of him was that he this is what Walt Disney would be like. what's uh, ironic is that in making the film Spielberg saw himself in Hammond yeah which is not what you want yeah, if, yeah, if yeah. he's written as if he's supposed to be written as a villain um but very much obviously you know there's there's targeted lines in there about you know why didn't I build this in Florida yeah um where you know the there's multiple Disney parks um, including Epcot, which is essentially Disney's Jurassic Park. I know it's not nearly the same the yeah. same extent, but it is his um, you know his vision of 
the future, future yeah. and also of you know just having a park a, a theme park based around scientific innovation and i i love epcot i think yeah. it's a great place um so it's very interesting also funnily enough the uh jurassic park section of universal is uh, is only at islands of adventure which is in orlando florida as well <laughs> so there is a jurassic park in, yeah, in florida yeah. um but there's also a dig at pirates of the caribbean you know it's where they say well if if pirates of the caribbean shuts down the yeah. pirates aren't gonna get out and eat the kids <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly um, it's um it's really a giant part of i think my childhood and you know now as i'm older and you know, you know, there's there's some things that are being defunct um, by science. Like you can't take DNA from you know millions of years old. I think the half life on DNA is ten thousand years, which is still very very long time in in the uh, lifespan of of you know where we are in the modern world. But you know the the concept of of cloning dinosaurs was really cool when I was a kid, mm. but now you realise that you know a hundred percent Jurassic World, Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World would happen in reality if everyone oh, yeah, ever did of course it. Oh yeah, would. Um, um, but it's funny that you talk about the actual science of it because it's gone and it's gone like an, it's been a bit of a roller coaster since Jurassic Park came out because yeah. it was initially pure science fiction. Yeah. Um, and then. There was a study in 2005 where they discovered they did discover red blood cells and soft tissue in fossilized bones of a T-Rex, and they were like, "Oh my god, maybe we can we, actually do we it." We can Jurassic Park. We can Jurassic Park this. And then it was a later study in 2012, which is uh, using bones of a moa, which uh, for people who don't know is an extinct New Zealand bird. Yeah, not it's, that extinct. Um, uh, yeah, not not extinct. Hundreds is is the rough estimate. Yep. And they discovered that those bones were old enough. So they concluded that they cannot survive for more, or the, so the DNA can't survive for more than 6.8 million years. Yeah. Um, obviously, the MOA is more recent than that, a yeah. lot more recent yeah. than that. Uh, but they said, what was it? So the, the DNA from the bones halved after about 121 years. Um, Interesting. And then, it, it, and that was at a certain temperature and at different temperatures they would, you know, it would decay faster. So, um... It's interesting yeah. how much, for for the audience that's aimed at, how much information Jurassic Park actually gives you about yeah. DNA. Absolutely. And the building blocks of life. And it's thing that's fascinating, you know, human humanity now, because with, you know, the medical industry... If we able we we were able to do what they do in the movies, mm-hmm. and then it really comes down to an ethics issue. Mm-hmm. Like there was a recent experiment uh, where some I think it was using the technology CRISPR, uh, which is gene editing. They were able to turn off some genes in a chicken, and it grew a beak like a dinosaur, like had teeth right. and stuff. And they're like, uh oh, we're playing with things we shouldn't. <laughs> And it's, Very Jurassic Park. And it's interesting because we, in the modern society, who people who live in cities see chickens and think, you know, oh, you know, all grilled chicken, delicious. You know, maybe not you and me, but there are people <laughs> out there who do still eat chicken. Um, but if you ever see them in the wild, like where I grew up in, in the countryside, the, the animals are not 
it's not a you know the the it's easy to distinguish between the living thing that's running around and having a life of its own and you could imagine what they look like in the wild mm. hiding in you know knee-high grass and and scour, you know scouring around for uh, all sorts of fun little tidbits to eat off the ground but it's it's very interesting that yeah with with a little bit of gene manipulation you can you can basically make a make a uh, the the missing link if you will mm. between you know dinosaurs evolving into birds and the birds yeah well it's not necessarily that they evolved into them but they share a common ancestor yeah yeah um and it's funny i find it really funny watching jurassic park now um that's so much more research has come out about it but it's that um in the movie in the beginning of it um Dr. Alan Grant, played by Sam Neill, is theorizing that these creatures are more related to birds yeah. than we think. Um, so they 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 know about this research, the people writing it and putting yeah, yeah. it together, and yet <laughs> they didn't give any of them feathers. They still made them yeah. look like lizard yeah. creatures. I guess you could argue because they do say that they give them amphibian DNA and stuff. So maybe you know you could, you could make an argument for that. But you would think if they were writing this movie knowing that the main theories are that you know dinosaurs are related to birds that you would have they would have some that had feathers yeah <laughs> it's interesting because when we're talking about genetics and genetic alteration i think we should move into we're back a dinosaur story because the yeah. first thing that happens to the dinosaurs is their genes are edited yeah and it's interesting because it's devised as cereal which is it's for the younger audience you don't want to know this story <laughs> but um for the people who know about the evolution of cereal in especially in the western market mm -hmm. it's not a story to share with children no um and it's it's kind of implied in this that he's that that cereal is in the distant future from from us it's not yeah, you know yeah. it's not in this era but the idea that that is a breakfast cereal that he's made a lot of money off, but what it does is it evolves your brain. Yeah. That's terrifying to me. Because if you think about that in concept, like, you, what, you have breakfast and then you evolve into a, a different plane of existence, basically? Like, yeah, bizarre. It, it's interesting because he's going around and giving away free samples to pre pre like agricultural societies mm. or or animals that haven't evolved that far yeah. to the point where the t-rex eats like what a year's supply and like a singular bite and then is sentient yeah it's um the only way that would physically happen other than the fact that it's a animated movie yeah is through gene editing yeah which means that the cereal is doing something to the genetic code of the dinosaurs to oh, make yeah. them smarter Absolutely. And his and his, the the captain of his because it's a spacecraft. It's a yeah. It's a, and he's got like a, a little alien guy. Is it I, time I, travel? Because that's a question I, I I've sort of been stuck on. Yeah. No, they time travel. the The implication is that so the so the scientist who's I th I feel that um, both of them encapsulate what Hammond is in Jurassic Park, but yeah. Doctor New Eyes and Doctor Screw Eyes who are two, you know, classically brothers with different but rhyming last names. Yeah. Makes no sense. Um, two professors, one of them's good, one of them's evil, but I don't I don't think the good one is really good. I think he's got too much power. He's he's a little bit of a Hammond character. Um 
the implication is that they are both from the distant future, I think, and have come back. Yeah. And they're trying to... They're both, they've both got different goals. So Dr. New Eyes has a machine that tells him people's wishes, and he's trying to give back to the community by granting as many wishes as possible. Whereas Dr. Screw Eyes... Or prof- sorry, Professor... They're Professor New Eyes and Professor Screw Eyes. Yeah. Um, Professor Screw Eyes, so-called because... One of his eyes is missing and he's replaced it with a screw. I don't know how you see with a screw, yeah. but nevertheless, he's very creepy and scary. Um, and he's got a machine that tells him people's fears and he uses it to make like a macabre circus that people come to specifically to be frightened. So he's like, he's basically... It's a very niche market. Yeah, but <laughs> it's not really, though, because I was going to say he's basically doing the, you know, the what horror movies do for people. Yeah, true. Um, now, he's not going about it in an ethical way because he's making children sign contracts in blood that they can't even see. Yeah. Um, so that's not good. He's and not he's also guy. got the antidote slash kryptonite to his brother's invention yeah which is a de-evolution pill yeah but it just puts you back to your normal he literally calls it an antidote or a cure i think so it's it's not even it's a cure for the dinosaurs but it turns the kids into like chimpanzees does he give it that i thought he He gives them a temporary dose and it turns the kids into chimpanzees yeah so yeah it does devolve devolve them because they haven't had the evolution which is a very interesting moral concept Mm mm-hmm because you have one person who's supposed to be the hero giving creatures who are extinct don't have a placement in the future basically the golden ticket to sentience. Yeah. And on the other side, you've got his brother who's like, no, that isn't what makes people happy. What, you know, you aren't happy being sentient. You'd be rather better off being the natural form you are. Right. But this is my argument is that neither, he's not yeah, the yeah, hero. Neither, neither are, are here. They're both bad. <laughs> um, it's very much the Hammond thing of like, oh, I'm going to give you what you want. But yeah. like, but how he's giving children, he's granting children's wishes from yeah. 1993 and their wishes that they wish to see a dinosaur. So he's like, oh, I'm going to bring dinosaurs back from the past and drop them in New York City. Yeah, uh, it is, it's, it's not well thought through. And it's, it's I will mention... Uh, for the younger audience, mm-hmm. response your own responsibility of your own time management is very important because none of the shenanigans that would have happened would have happened if the professor who was in charge of meeting the dinosaurs was on time. Yes, she is late. So that's it. So she's supposed to meet the dinosaurs and look after them, but she's late. And they meet this child, and he's like, I'll bring you to where you're going, and I'm running away to the circus. Which also, that was such a common trope when I was a child, I don't yes. think it's common anymore. I think there's just not as many circuses. It's, I think, honestly, it's a holdover from a longer, like, yeah. beyond our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was, at a time, a thing people did. Yeah. You know, the some of the most famous people that exist in from the 1950s onwards mm-hmm. were kids who basically ran off to the circus. Elvis Presley was discovered singing mm-hmm. by a, like a circus manager. Yeah. Um, 
and obviously he treated Elvis the same way that they treated all the people that had, you know, some unique ability, um, mm-hmm. which was to take all their money and give them none. Which is <laughs> funny because I just, just remembering that I, I know I said Hammond is based on Walt Disney, but apparently in the books he's also written to be a bit of a P.T. Barnum character. Oh, interesting. P.T. Barnum being a real-life person yeah. who ran circuses and treated people as commodities and was not a great person. It's interesting because Hammond talks about his history mm-hmm. um, about halfway through the movie where he's talking about the first thing he ever did was make a flea circus, right. which was just mechanical things going. But it was the illusion of of the trick played on the on the people, the viewers, that was all part of the whole process. You know, it's like, oh, mummy, I can see the fleas. I can see the fleas. There, there's no fleas. It's just electric motors. Yeah. And that was his motivation to create something that was real. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is, is that a flea circus is very safe. Yeah. Having a living dinosaur is not safe. No, and it's funny that because he brings scientists in to back him up, and all the scientists are like, "No, we that's not safe, and we don't know what will happen." He's like, "You're supposed to be on my side." Yeah, you're supposed to be on my side. But he's got no, and it's 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 given away in the very beginning when. Um, when Dr. Grant and Dr. Sattler are doing a, an archaeological dig yeah, and he arrives in the helicopter and, and kind of contaminates the scene and destroys things, that he has no respect for science and he yeah. has no respect for doing things the proper way. He just wants to get things done as quickly and easily for him as possible to and get his goals. It's interesting too because he doesn't really give them an option. He basically just... He pays for them. He yeah. pays for them. Yeah, because they, they both try to say no multiple times, and then he's like, "Well, I'll, I'll give f- you, I'll pay for your research for the next three years." Yeah, and they're like, "Well, you know, it's so hard to get funding." And it's interesting too because one of the running quotes that he always says is, "We share, uh, we spared no expense." Yes. But when it comes down to the person, for in my opinion, is the entire catalyst of why everything goes wrong. Nedry who's their IT person, Mm -hmm. he cheaps out on it because Nedry, you know, got a quote in for less money than everybody else in. Well, this is interesting. it's such an interesting thought. Have you read the book? No, I haven't read the book. Okay. Uh, In the book, now they edited this, they kept this out of the movie because they didn't want Nedry to be sympathetic. He's related, isn't he? No. In the book, Nedry isn't an employee. He's a contractor. And Hammond cheats him out of money. Oh. And that's why he's like, well, then I'm going to cheat you out of money by taking your... You know, by taking this this uh, bribe from a competitor. Yeah. Because you don't respect me. You don't value what I've given you. So why should I care? Mm. Um, so that's a lesson to treat your employees well, treat your contractors well. Yeah. Uh, they are trying to help you. They're doing a service. Pay them, yeah. you know? Or you'll end up with half your staff being eaten by dinosaurs. Y- yes. Uh, <laughs> not maybe in the nine-to-five office market these days. But Viruses. Yeah. <laughs> pay your IT staff. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it, uh, it is interesting that... He constantly quotes, we shared, we spared no expense, mm-hmm. we spared no expense. They also don't have seatbelts in the Jeeps. Yeah. 
the, the, everything's a bug. Everything's not working. Everything's, yeah. you know, why are the, the headlights on? They spared no expense. We should have put locks on the doors. You know, everything about it. It's, it's very... Yeah, they have imported fish for their main and a ridiculous amount of ice cream when the only visitors are, like... Two children and a bunch of adults. It's, it's a lot of ice cream. The ice cream situation is because the power went off, so he so he knows the ice cream is going to go bad. So he's like, "Oh, well, let's eat the ice cream." Because it's also it's it's actually very well thought out because that him getting the ice cream is why he leaves the freezer door open because he knows that the stuff is going to melt anyway with the power problems. But that's. That's a rich person thing. Because and, yeah, but <laughs> this leads to later on yeah, yeah. the ice having melted and refrozen and causing the Velociraptor to skid. Yeah. Um, so it is, from a filmmaking point of view, yeah. well thought out. It's well thought out from a filmmaking point of view. Yeah. Just very weird that they have hundreds of litres of ice cream. Yeah, just a lot of ice cream. <laughs> Maybe they just have ice cream parties on Fridays when they've done painting the outside <laughs> of the building. Um... Do you want to talk about the kids in the movies at all? Because, you know, this is this is our episode aimed at, at children. Yes, of course. Uh, so these are these are who you will see yourselves as in these <laughs> Who little Lisa saw herself as. Um, you've got in Jurassic Park you've got uh, Timmy and Lex. Lex. And they are um, the who are they? They're, like they're grandchildren, grandchildren of yeah. Hammond. And the, they're going through a divorce. Which, their parents are. Yeah, the parents are, yeah. not, the, not the brother and sister. <laughs> um, and so obviously it's like a little bit of a distraction as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, safety, I don't know if OSHA work in Costa Rica, but <laughs> they should. Um, versus uh, when we have the kids in We're Back a Dinosaur Story. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is a child who's basically abandoning his home life built a raft it is going down i think it's the hudson river i can't remember what Mm. river it is that goes through well it's a bay in new york i believe yeah but there is a river between new york and new jersey um and he's running away to the circus yep and the girl that they meet uh is basically abandoned by her parents um because they don't care about her and are basically locked her in an ivory tower very uh well the the idea is that they go off on holidays and things and just leave her behind so, yeah. so, so they're basically absent parents who doesn't really get to see them or spend time with them so she feels quite alone which is ironic because the other guy is running away because he feels smothered by his mother giving him too much love yeah um which he then learns to appreciate i think by the end of the movie he's like actually it's a good thing that my mom cares about me this much uh he's also seems to be the youngest child of i think four brothers yeah uh based on the photos at the end um because i think there's a lot of similarities between him and the bird at the beginning of the movie because he's also being bullied and um, mothered and i forgot this is so funny because i forgot again that that scene happens the whole of we're back a dinosaur story is bookended by the story of this little bluebird named Buster getting um, kind of picked on by the other bluebirds in his nest and deciding he's going to leave the nest before he's ready. Yeah. And then he falls onto a golf course 
where the T-Rex is golfing and the T-Rex is like, oh, I knew a kid who ran away to the circus and then tells him the story. Um, which is bizarre. Everything about it is strange. It's a, it's a really weird way to get into it. But I guess that's how they get into the exposition of that. Yeah. Whereas in Jurassic Park, they get into the exposition of the book by turning it into that little informative DNA card, like film, which is yeah. which is cute and works very well. And it's actually informative. Yeah. Which is good. You get some education from these movies. Well, more so from (laughs) Jurassic Park. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, there is no cereal that makes you super smart. Um, Good excuse to get kids to eat their breakfast, though. You should always... Well, you should eat your breakfast. Well, (laughs) yes. Um, I don't know that much about nutrition to start spelling stuff. (laughs) Cereal is not... The great thing, but yeah, that's it's irrelevant. Um, yeah, but I, I can understand in America, cereal companies are um, probably would want people to be eating their cereals. Yeah, cereal is a much bigger thing in America. There is a vast, vast, vast difference between cereal in New Zealand and cereal in America. Yeah, I can say that. Eat your wheat bix. Yeah, It'll make you an all black. <laughs> it's a. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why. I guess it's just a one of those things that are linked in New Zealand, just all blacks and wee books. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, the so the kids in Jurassic Park, um, they in the book are the other way around, uh, age wise. Yeah. So Lex is the younger one, and uh, Tim is an is the older child. Right. And she is just a petulant child who does nothing but be annoying. Yep. From what I understand in the book. Uh, whereas Tim is a dinosaur expert and a computer expert. And <laughs> I'm glad they, smart and <laughs> I'm glad they split it up that way. Yeah. Well the reason that they actually um changed the ages was because of the kid. The um, actors. The actors, yeah. yeah. So the 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 boy who plays Tim had auditioned for Hook. And he did screen tests for Hook with Dustin Hoffman and Robin Williams. Interesting. It's another great film. If 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 your kids haven't seen Hook, get them to watch Hook. That was a that's a good movie. Yeah. Um. But, uh, he was too young. Ultimately, they decided for Hook, and Steven Spielberg said to him, "Don't worry, I'm going to get you in another film." <laughs> you can you can guarantee that promise when it comes to Spielberg. Yeah, yeah. So he said to him, "Don't worry, I'm going to get you another film," and then he ended up putting him in the film that broke like every box office record. Yeah. Um. So, but then because he was younger, they switched the ages around, and then I guess out of fairness, wanted to, and because they didn't want her to just be a useless character, yeah, it made sense to make Lex the computer whiz. Um, they also did similar things with uh, Doctor Ellie Sattler, um, in that in the book, he's like his in- Sam Neill's intern. Yeah, she's his intern, and, um. She doesn't do a whole lot. A lot of what she does in the movie was actually done by the guy who in the movie gets eaten by the dinosaur while he's on the while he's hiding in the bathroom. Yeah, when he abandons the children to yeah. get eaten by a T Rex. Which is fun because of one of her most famous quotes in the movie, which is you know uh, when they're saying um, dinosaurs rule the earth, the dinosaurs died, man ruled the earth, man created dinosaurs, and she says. Uh, dinosaurs eat man, woman inherits the, the earth. earth. Um, 
that's what she did in the movie because the man, the man was eaten by the dinosaur and she took over his role. She is great. Can I just say she's great? Yeah. I think like she's one of maybe one of the best role models for for kids or for like for young girls especially um in movies especially in that day and age like there weren't a lot of really great female characters in in films that I grew up watching. Yeah. Um and she's so cool cuz she's you know she's a scientist uh, she's very intelligent. She's got a lot of common sense, a lot more than some of the guys. She's very brave. Yeah. Um. She doesn't, you know, take stuff from anyone. She, you know, she will stand up for herself. Um. There's definitely feminist undertones and overtones there. You know, um, the bit where where Hammond tries to say that he should go do something because he's a man, and she's like, "We can discuss the sexism later. Let me just go and do this first. Yeah, sex, sexism in a survival situation. Yeah, um, she's great as a survivalist. Um, she's just nice and funny as well. And then she also, you know, she's got a specialist um subject that she's an expert in, that like the other people totally take for granted, which isn't uncommon for yeah. <laughs> women in the field. Um, but like, it's, and she's caring because she's, you know, she look, wants to look after the animals and she wants to, but she also wants to know more the whole time. Like, she's great. Yeah. She's so good. That's a 20 year old movie. Yeah. And she's, yeah. you know, wearing an outfit that is feminine, but practical and makes yeah. sense for what she's doing and where she is. And she's like going in like the bit where, she, where there's the large amounts of dinosaur poo. Yeah. Um, and she's like, okay, well, I need to check to see why this dinosaur is sick, so I'm going to put on my giant gloves and just Dang delve in. into this. Yeah. And while the man will stand around and be like, ugh. <laughs> and she's like, no, we need to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, um, yeah she's fantastic. I think she's a great a great role model. Um, she, uh, I can't remember. The, what are the kids' names in We're Back? Louie and Cecilia Nothatch. Cecilia, that's the one. Cecilia does come off as the voice of reason. Yes. Because even when uh, he's signing up in, in blood to join the circus, she's just like, don't do it. Like, this is a really bad idea. Yeah, which is correct. Yeah. Accurate. Um, but then also when he does it and she realizes that he's in trouble now, she's like, okay, well, I'm going to do it too, so yeah. I'll be here with you. Yeah. Um, she's got a real vibe of like, well, I wasn't able to stop you from doing it, but I'm not going to let you do it alone. So she's, she's quite brave as well. It's interesting because the, the introduction of her reminds me very much of Aladdin. Mm. When Aladdin arrives on the, the, on carpet. the magic carpet yeah. and it's just like, Hey, I'm here to free you from your prison. And she's like, you know, well, you know, technically it's not a prison cause she's, is it the Empire? St it's a very tall skyscraper. It looks like the Empire State Building, but there was like... It's hard to tell. I don't think the Empire State Building has I'm not apartments sure. and things in it. Yeah. But it, it doesn't matter. It's a, yeah. it's a tall building in New York. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Um, the Yeah, so he's basically like rescuing from her ivory prison. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, slamming it in the streets with him and his dinosaur friends. Yeah. And the sequence uh, when they, they... To sneak through the city to get to Central Park, they go through the Macy's parade. Yeah, which makes this an appropriate time of year for this. Yeah, because it's a Thanksgiving event. Yeah. Um, 
And it's interesting because she's sort of like along for the ride and, and you know, she's like, oh, I like you, you know, you're a nice guy. And he's all like, no, get away from me. I don't associate. He doesn't, he hasn't come to that realization that they're all feminine characters aren't his mother. Right. And which is a, a, a thing that some boys do go through. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because the reaction of like all these kids and it shows them like internationally, you get kids of different races and different ethnic backgrounds all wishing for dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. John Goodman, who's playing Rex, yeah. has this big song and dance number mm-hmm. in the middle of the Macy's parade and all the kids are like, oh my God, they're robots, mum. Yeah, and then I thought that was so funny that they think they're animatronics and yeah. we're watching another movie that where they are animatronics. <laughs> And then it's they the crowd realizes wait a second they're actually dinosaurs and then freaks out and runs away and the police get involved yeah and then they sort of have like a, a shenanigan like get separated you know how are we gonna get to to Central Park thing mm-hmm. wait till it's dark but it's just very funny that it does follow the same premise um, which is a quote from I think uh, the Lost World. With um, Malcolm's character, where he's like, oh, at the beginning, it's all, ooh, ha, and then the screaming starts. And it's <laughs> yeah, very yeah, true. Yeah. It's very true for yeah. that Macy's parade. And it's exactly the same in Jurassic Park, that, like, when they're seeing the dinosaurs, the you know, help, the, 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 the harmless dinosaurs. Yeah, the herbivores like, oh my God, at the they're, they're like, wow, oh, my gosh, they do this or whatever. Um, there's a little bit of trepidation when they see the Velociraptor's enclosure. Yeah. And then it's when the dinosaurs are out and about, and, you know, and free. And then they're like, oh, no, this was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> this is bad for everyone. This is scary. Um, the It's funny you talk about the, the Macy's Day Parade because um, one of the things they did to promote the release of the movie was that they got a giant helium balloon of Rex, the T-Rex, to include in the actual Macy's Thanksgiving Parade that year. Wow. Um... But it uh, high winds caught it and it went over a sidewalk and the head of the T-Rex hit a streetlight and popped. Oh, no. Which is what happens in the movie yeah. is he pops a dinosaur balloon. Yeah. <laughs> so it happened in real life. That's crazy. Um, and then, uh, so then, so then, but there, it was only his head popped, so they kept going with the parade, I think, with just a headless dinosaur. Which was, I think that would be scary. If I was a kid in the parade <laughs> and there's just like a headless dinosaur. Because then you'd be wondering in your childish mind, like, what did that? It's yeah, going to yeah. get me next. <laughs> something, something hurt the T-Rex. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, yeah, so I thought that was funny. It's also why Th- Jurassic, World, uh, Jurassic Park 3 is not as good. Because the hero I T-Rex. I love Jurassic Park I know Park you 3. love 3. Jurassic Park 3 is a great movie. <laughs> I can't, still can't believe there's six of them. Yeah. Because it, it's, I know it's been 20 years, mm-hmm. but like still, it, you know, it does feel like a very long time. Yeah. Um, the like, first one's, I mean, Lost World is decent. You like Lost World. Yeah. This was, our, this was our discussion that we had on our first date, which is very funny. Because I don't know why this is what we talked about on our first date, which of, our, which of the Jurassic Park movies is our favorite. But for you, you loved, I remember this. I remember this with encyclopedic knowledge. You liked 
The Lost World, and you said Vince Vaughn played a character called Nick, which is the same as your name. Yeah. I didn't even remember Vince Vaughn was in the movie, but I, <laughs> and I haven't seen it since. The only reason I know that is because you said that to me on our first date. <laughs> and I told you that my favorite was, was Jurassic Park 3. I just, there's something about, if you haven't seen Jurassic Park 3... <laughs> they have a satellite phone with a very recognizable ringtone and they lose it and then they hear the ringtone and and they're like, oh my God, the satellite phone. And then they remember the last time they saw it, it was with a guy who got eaten by the giant dinosaur. <laughs> so they turn around and the dinosaur is there with the ringtone coming out of it. And it's so good. It's so awesome. I love it. I love it so much. Um... The dinosaur has its own theme music, yeah, like a, yeah. like and a professional wrestler. It's not just that. There's like the whole sequence where they're going through the enclosure where the you know pterodactyls or or whichever kind of dinosaurs weren't the flying dinosaurs they had in it were were like. There's some really great moments in that movie. I kind of want to watch Jurassic Park. Let's now. let's do it. We're, we're, After this, we'll go watch two and three. Yeah, hundred percent. They're all on Netflix. Yeah, if you have Netflix, they're all on Netflix at the moment. Or just buy them on buy them on DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah, they're great. They keep Jurassic Park the first one. Every time it gets re-released, it gets in the top like ten or whatever the box office. Yeah. Because they did a re-release in three D, and then they did another re-release when they remastered it for Blu-ray. They did another theatrical re-release, and then during the the pandemic, the initial lockdowns of the pandemic, um, a whole lot of places put it on on um those like drive-in cinemas oh right loads of drive-in cinemas put on jurassic park and it topped the box office again in, in the year good, 2020 such a good movie it's a classic movie if you yeah. haven't seen it watch it if you th- if you're a child and you're listening to this talk to your parents and see if they think you can watch it because it is pretty scary. scary yeah it's it's safe for kids um but it's pretty scary so so check with your parents and they'll let you know if, if it's too scary we're back a dinosaur story is fun uh it's also kind of scary but it's less scary than jurassic park so if you want to watch a dinosaur movie but you're too scared to watch jurassic park we're back a dinosaur story is a is a less scary one yeah and it's a cartoon and it's very cute and it's and the dinosaurs are very funny and the dinosaurs are nice in that one in (laughs) in jurassic park the dinosaurs some of them are nice but some of them are not very nice and they're very scary and they look very real so you might get scared is there anything else you'd like to cover? Um, we can talk about trivia. I don't know. I don't want to belabor it too much because I know we've got people with short attention spans listening to this one. Yeah. But um, I feel like we've covered a lot of the sciencey side of things because there were definitely some sciencey things. The other thing was um, uh, velociraptors. Um, at the time Jurassic Park came out, velociraptors were, the only velociraptors we knew were much smaller than those ones, and they made big ones because they wanted them to look more scary. Yeah. Um, but since then, they've discovered velociraptors that are the same size as the ones in the movie. So um, it's just funny that they only discovered them after the movie <laughs> came yeah. out. So they did, uh, they did want to call it, because uh, they were discovered in Utah, um, they wanted to call them Utah Raptor Spielbergy, but uh, it was it was scrapped. They changed the name, um, but they were yeah. So they're about the same size as the ones in the movie. So they did exist, um, even though at the time they made it, they didn't know. The one thing they got wrong, not not the one thing, but 
one thing that they got wrong in the Jurassic Park movie is um, they show us the mosquito trapped in amber. Yeah. Because they got the DNA from the blood that the mosquito sucked up. Uh, they managed to show us the only species of mosquito that doesn't drink blood. <laughs> so there, it could not possibly have dinosaur DNA in it, um, which is funny. Um, the no, did I cover? I think I covered most of these. Um, James Cameron wanted to direct um, Jurassic Park initially. Makes he, sense. he wanted. There was a few different people when Michael Crichton was writing the book. There was a few different people who wanted to write it or to to make it into a movie to buy yeah. the rights. Um, Spielberg bought the rights before the book was finished being written. Like, it hadn't even finished a draft. In the, in the, yeah. yeah. Uh, James Cameron has, has since said that he thinks Steven Spielberg was the right person to make it. Um, because he would have made it a much more violent movie. He said <laughs> closer to aliens with dinosaurs. Um, and he thinks that that wouldn't have been fair to children because he thinks that children, a lot of children really like dinosaurs and it was good to have a movie that children can watch yeah. that's about dinosaurs. Um, which I think is fair. Um, the so Steven Spielberg also, he had been about to do a movie based on a different Michael Crichton novel uh, called ER, or Emergency Room. Yeah. Um, and he dumped it and said, no, I'm not going to make that movie when he found out that Michael Crichton was writing this book. And he was like, I'm going to make this into a movie instead. And instead, then, he helped to produce a TV show. Called based ER. Called ER, yeah. which I had no idea was another Michael Crichton property. So that's fun. Um, yeah, I think I was... I think that's about all I want to talk about with Jurassic Park. With We're Back, I don't have too much to say. There's a few people on the voice cast who are not actors. Um, and the reason that happened is that the director, uh, Phil Nibelink, um, when they made the initial animatic for it, so they made like storyboards and then animated, but not fully animated the storyboards, he did all the voices himself. It's funny. And he did impressions of different famous people. Yeah. To the point that then um, Steven Spielberg, who produced the film, because it was his animation company that made it, um, watched the animatic and was like, we need to try and get those people into it. So there's people like Julia Child plays the the uh, the doctor who doesn't show up on time for anything. You yeah. know, And they've got Jay Leno, um, Walter Cronkite. There's some, some strange people in there. Um, it's also the first animated movie that both John Goodman and um, Michael, no, Michael Short, Martin Short yeah. voice in. So neither of them had done animated films before that, and both of them have gone on to do multiple other ones. Uh, you know, like Monsters, Inc., yep. Treasure Planet, etc., etc. Um, it was also a movie that... Uh, because, like I said, it also was based on a book. Um, there were two other directors who wanted to make a movie of it, and then they discovered Steven Spielberg already had the rights. So that's that's a theme. He did this with both movies. <laughs> He's stealing And he, he bought the rights to both of them in the 80s, in, wow. and, and then spent years making the films. Yeah. Um, but the other ones were John Musker and Ron Clements, who you don't look like they're familiar to you. Our, our, our young audience probably don't know the names, but they probably do know some of the other films they made, which include Basil the Great Mouse Detective, The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Hercules, Treasure Planet, 
The Princess and the Frog, and Moana. Interesting. I think... I really like the movie as it is, but I think they might have made a better one (laughs) if they'd had the chance. They said they envisioned it as um, being kind of like Snow White, except with a a seven-year-old Snow White and dinosaurs instead of dwarves, which would have been very cute. Um, It was marketed initially as a family-friendly equivalent to Jurassic Park, which they could do because... Spielberg produced yeah, yeah, both of them, yeah. so he's allowed to reference his own movies in his marketing. And the um, only other thing that I really wanted to talk about is that John Malkovich hates this movie. He's not in it. Okay. John Malkovich really hates this movie. Like, everywhere you look up anything about this movie, it talks about how much John Malkovich hates this movie. That's very strange. Which is... <laughs> so he had initially been considered to do the voice of Professor Screwwise. Yeah. Um, but he says he dropped out due to, due to disagreements with the director. Um, the director says that John Malkovich was let go because Steven Spielberg thought he was, his performance was too frightening. Um, I don't know which is true. They've got different stories, but he, like, he's so angry about it that if people try to talk to him about it, he refuses to talk about it. But then also he brings it up unprompted in interviews and talks about how, um, it was like it was it ha- was something that had art in it, and then they turned it into a, a mess. And you know, um, it says, pro- "Here's a quote from him: Projects like We're Back, a Dinosaur Story, they just make you sick. That's why I left this town. It's disgusting." <laughs> so he really hates it. John Malk, I, it's, it's he has like a serious vendetta against this one animated dinosaur movie from the early 90s <laughs> it is fun i like i like that he's kind of become the villain of the story um do you want to talk about budget and box office i don't really see a point um <laughs> as you said jurassic park every time it gets like a re-release again ends up at the top of the yeah. up top of the chain mm-hmm. um I what did We're Back a Dinosaur Story get a theatrical release? It see this is the interesting thing because you know that I was trying to look up video sales before yeah, that's, this. That's, this was a prompt that we discussed it earlier. Did in in the United States it got a theatrical release? Uh, when it went, it was supposed to get a theatrical release in the UK, but then it didn't. It went straight to video. So I assume that's what happened in most other places. Yeah. Um, I don't remember it coming in coming to cinema in Ireland. I do. I was going to say, I do remember having it on VHS. You've seen the VHS. I do have it on VHS. I don't have it in New Zealand on VHS because why would I bring it over here when I can't play it? Yeah. Um, But I do have the VHS back in Ireland and my my parents haven't. Um, The the budget of it was $20 million and it made $9 million at box office. So it was quite a flop. But I think it probably did okay in video sales, but I don't think it would have made up the, the budget. Yeah. Whereas obviously Jurassic Park is it's uh, over one billion dollars yeah. in yeah in box office and made did so well they made five more. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to tell because that's the thing about the. I would say the olden day, but it's not really. Mm-hmm. You know, there's things could get continuances from studios if the sale of their like DVDs via well it's now DVD and Blu-ray but would have been VHS, you know. Yeah. 
There were a lot of movies that had like direct-to-video sequels. Yeah, and Land Before Time is a, a, another dinosaur example. Yeah. Um, how many? How, 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 I like, think seventeen. I think it had seventeen films total. That's crazy. And a series. Uh, I watched the first two as a kid. I really enjoyed. I mean, yeah. the first one is a classic. Yeah, I've seen the first one. There's an if you if you like dinosaur movies and Jurassic Park is too scary for you, The Land Before Time is another good one. Yeah. Another classic. Yeah. It's got lots of different types of dinosaurs in it. And it's very cute, but it is very sad sometimes. Sad. There's some sad things that happen in it. But it's very good. The second one, they find a baby T-Rex. <laughs> and he's very cute. And I had a toy of him when I was little. His name is Chomper. That is cute. Um, the thing I found interesting about watching Jurassic Park this time is I haven't seen it in a while and which was very strange because someone watched half of it on our <laughs> Netflix account maybe we were looking for a particular part in it I don't know I don't remember um yeah I haven't watched it in a while but what I found interesting was I know it's a movie that I watched as a child and watched quite a bit as a child um and obviously it was very popular so it was on tv all the time Back in the days when you used to flick through TV channels, which I don't think many people are doing now. But um, what I found interesting was that I was not nostalgic for watching the movie. But I felt very nostalgic about the family trips I used to take to Florida. Oh, that's sweet. Um, because there is, as I mentioned earlier, there's in, in Universal Studios, it's Islands of Adventure. Which I don't know if it's still there or not, because I haven't been in a very long time. Um, there is a Jurassic Park island when it's got the gates that are designed like the one that they go through in the movie it plays the music as you walk through there's like dinosaur sculptures you can take pictures with there's uh, there's a pterodactyl ride where it's just like you're you're being carried by a pterodactyl around I don't think I ever went on that one I think I was too scared of heights yeah. to go on it um, there is one there is a ride that's designed like it's a tour, like you're in one of those motorized, you know, the cars on the tracks like they have in the movie. Yeah. And then, like, the dinosaurs have escaped, and it's like, oh, no, and we're just going to drive through here, and then it ends with you, like, going along, and the T-Rex appears, and then it, like, ducks down to try and grab you, and you swing under it and go down a waterfall. And it's very cool. Yeah. Um, a bit of a scary ride, but fun. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, there's other, and they have a, they literally have a restaurant in it that's designed to look exactly like the, the visitor center. Yeah, the visitor center. So you go in, and it's got like the the T Rex in the middle, and the um the big banner over the top, and then it's got the restaurant that they sit in. It's yeah, it's very well done. If it's still there, no. if you, if you live in the United States, <laughs> if you live in Florida and you haven't been there, I recommend it. Um, it's very cool. I wish I could go back. I don't think we'll ever go back, no. which is sad. Not with this economic, political environment. Yeah, um, but it would be very cool. Yeah, that's where I'd go if I could, <laughs> if, I could, if, I could if I could go back anywhere in the in the states. I think it would be Islands of Adventure. I don't know if the, it's probably totally different to what I remember it being. Yeah. But yeah. Thank you for joining us on this special episode. Yeah, we it's a, it's a bit longer than I hoped it would be, but we hope that you enjoyed it. Yeah. And we will 
Um, I think going forward, we're going to try to make any episodes where both films are child-friendly films. We'll try to make it as a child-friendly episode. Yeah. Which I believe one of our upcoming Christmas movie episodes will be. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Christmas movies. <laughs> no, I mean, not not the, the Hallmark ones we'll, we'll keep as usual, ranty Nick. Um, <laughs> but the... Other ones, if if it's child friendly, and I think that I think this one will be, but we'll see. Um, certainly movies I watched as a child that we're going to be covering for for our second Christmas episode. Yeah, we'll 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 make an effort to to do more um, more episodes that kids can listen to. And we'll maybe try and keep them shorter in the future. <laughs> <laughs> we just like talking about dinosaurs so much. Yeah, who doesn't? This is I I kind of want to say this. But it's not an ad. But this, if you live in New Zealand, and especially if you live in Wellington, um, this is coming out at a really good time, because Te Papa is about to open a dinosaur exhibition. <laughs> and if you like dinosaurs, you should go. If you if you live in Australia, you might have seen it. it's the Dinosaurs of Patagonia exhibition. So it's just been in Brisbane for a while. Um, it's come from South America originally, and it's here in New Zealand now, and I'm not sure where it's going after this. But the, the it's going to be in Te Papa in Wellington from December to April. Nice, that's a decent time. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Thank you for joining us, folks, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.